0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. Thank you so much for joining us. Great jam packed show today. I went to interview Max of Open Nest in person uh, at their studio where they produce content for their new brand, Pine Park, but it turned into more of a group interview, a little round table, because Hex, their co founder in that brand of esports fame, was there. He's a lot of fun, likes to hear himself talk like I do, and it turned into a really fun day. We talk about their products, how to build a brand, the crossover from esports, and where we're all headed in this, where they're going, why they do this. Fascinating interview, guys, and a lot of fun. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. This episode of IC is brought to you by Bespoke Financial, the non-dilutive way to raise money. This is a novelty still in the cannabis industry. Debt at a pretty reasonable rate. Don't give up any equity that you've worked so hard for. They are a full proper FinTech platform, totally integrated with Metric. You're gonna be really impressed when you talk to them, Bespoke Financial, bespokefinancial.com, tell them I sent you. If you listen to the show all the time and you get a lot of value out of it, you learn stuff, do us a quick favor, write us a review, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you listen to it, really helps us guys, thanks max hex thanks so much for having me here man in your beautiful studio marina del rey i mean maybe just start like what happens in this studio where are we what are we doing here
1: max that's a great question um we are in the pine park content studio with hector rodriguez um you know this is a place that we are you know having hex come in from texas to really build what we hope to believe the most engaging, exciting you know, community at the intersection of gaming, cannabis uh, and and culture. And, you know, I think one of the things that in general that that we're really trying to do is, you know, build cannabis brands, build communities, not just for today, but things that we think are gonna have real longevity over time. Um, And to be really thoughtful and patient on how we're doing that. And it really starts with authentic relationships with community members and customers.
0: Got it. And Pine Park is part of Open Nest, which is a bigger sort of umbrella. Like, take me through the different pieces. Yeah, yeah. Pieces.
1: So, um, uh, Open Nest, where I'm a, I'm a co-founder and partner, is a cannabis venture studio based here in LA. Um, we're building a diversified portfolio of asset light cannabis brands, um, starting here in California and starting to expand into new states. Um, Pine Park is a, is a brand that we have a, a joint venture with Hector with. Join um, And uh, yeah, in a really, you know, an amazing partnership. Um, you know, we got introduced to Hector about probably about 18 months ago. Um, and yeah, Hex, why don't you have to tell the yeah, story? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: it was nice to meet you. Yeah, today, nice man, by to meet by you, man. I got a chance to check on what you were doing, like, Rolling some blunt videos or something. You're funny as fuck. So thank you for <laughs> nice allowing. You.
2: Thank you too. Uh, thank you for allowing me to crash. I yeah. invited myself. I'm like, yo, let me be on this
0: thing. Yeah, I'm in that it. mode, dude. I can tell you like to hear yourself talk, like I yeah. do. So yeah. those kinds of people are great. for the, podcasts, There's no better you know. view than
2: me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, am I? I don't know anymore. Uh, yeah. So I come in here. Well, the way that we met uh, was I I was going down this path of what is next on my entrepreneurial path. And I could have made a tequila brand. I could have made a salsa brand. And, like, both of those would have fit. But I, I thought about it. And I'm like, well, I, I mean, I don't really drink tequila. I, I mean, salsa is, like, that one's, like, the easy. I would have gone with salsa because that's, like, a passion of mine, right? Cooking. Um, but I said that, you know, I, I, I see an emerging uh, business on something that was built so organically uh, that – and passionately, right? Like, people don't put themselves at the – and jeopardize their freedom – for something that isn't worth it. And for them, the culture of it was worth it. So I, I started smoking when I was uh, 17, 1997, football field, middle of the football field, high school uh, graduation day. Where is this? Uh, Wheeling, Illinois. Okay. Wheeling, Illinois. Okay. 60090. That's, you got to do it. And where did this weed come from? Uh, I don't know. It was there, it was on top of a steamroller, which was a. But I you mean, found it. No, 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 no. no. Oh. Somebody brought it. Oh. <laughs> Somebody brought it, but it wasn't me. So, like, I, I wouldn't even begin. To, I, that is a good question, though. I, I want to ask my friends, I'm like, yo, where, do, at At 17 years old, yeah. where did you get weed yeah. from? Like, how, you know, older
1: mean? brother. It's always the older brother. Yeah,
2: but they are the older brothers. And, so, like, all my friend groups are, like, old, you know, the, the eldest. So, I don't know. Neither here or there. Uh, I, uh, I just, Liked uh, smoking weed. I, I, like I said, I was a graffiti writer for a very long time, and that elevated my artistic ability. Like on subways and stuff. Or like- Not subways. Uh, never. Unfortunately, I. You know, I'm I'm still alive, so hopefully one day. Uh, but mostly trains. Yeah, trains, freights, man. It's there are two kinds of uh, people. There are freight writers, and then there's everybody else in the world. Um, I, I painted I paint walls, but like nothing was better than painting a train and and doing that. Anyway, uh, I decided that. Since I'm passionate enough about it, since I, I believe in its medicinal, uh, you know, properties, I felt that it was only logical to for me to go down this route instead of the salsa or the, or the liquor. Um, so I asked my agent. I said, "Hey, oh, he came to me with like a wild ass idea. He's like, you should do this next." And I'm like, "No, if I'm gonna do anything, like I'm already doing three passion projects that are that are like my thing, right? Like I'm I'm already working on those. So I'm like, the next thing that I do has to be something that's that's that I want to really do, and there's a big opportunity to continue to bring the community with me, right? Um, and I said I want to do cannabis. He's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like, I want to, I want a weed brand. Like, I want, I want to build a brand in 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 weed." And he's like, "What? Like, what? since when? And and all this stuff?" And I'm like, "I'm like, Dan, just just go look for it, man. See if we can do." Something. What year is this? Uh, last year. Okay. Right? Was it?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, last year. And then, you know, through that process. Um, you know, small world for a small number of people, uh, we, you know, get connected to Hex, who, who, you know, is an esports legend. I'm going embarrass him a little bit. He talked about graffiti, but really has built his community, you know, in the esports space, pioneering that. And I think from a, a cannabis perspective, you know, you can look at the data, like, You know, half the people that are smoking weed or, you know, are playing a video game. You know, there's just like Why do you
0: think those two, this is a question for either of you. Why do those things go together so well?
2: Because I'm going to tell you something. Okay. It's not special. It's not a special thing that happened when it's only gaming. and Weed and anything goes hand in hand. (laughs) You know what I mean? Weed in this conversation goes hand in hand. Right. So it's easy. Uh, But I think it's just the 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 chill, the the rush of of video games, the ability to focus, over focus. See, I think you got something there. I think it's about like that
0: tunnel vision. Yeah, and it's the same way with like a super engaging movie. Yeah, like you're just yeah entertainment. Uh, A song. I don't recommend weed and Excel spreadsheets. No. No. That's
2: where unless
1: the, unless you're like, unless I like you're a spreadsheets,
2: math, unless you're a mathematician, really high, like math. you're on Excel spreadsheets. Well, he just high. likes the business side of everything. Well, I do, numbers, too. But analytics, I, I, I'm just saying, I, you I
1: think, so, you know, for me, sometimes like to do good deep thinking, um, which also, you know, when you're working your day to day, particularly in cannabis, it's fast, like a lot of text, a lot of calls. And then if you really need to like go deep on a spreadsheet and really think about something. Yeah. Cannabis can absolutely okay. help. I like that. That's first the first person that ever told me that, but I yeah, like absolutely. that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's rad. Um, oh, look at the water guy just coming up here. <laughs> Not just the water
2: guy. Yeah, yeah, me. no. He's I'm the, sorry. The, he's the, no, one man army does it all. He one does man, it all. Yeah, he, he really he does. He shoots, he edits. He, what's his name again? Josefo. Yeah, yeah, shout out okay. Josefa. What's up? A um,
1: big shout out Josefa. I mean, you know, we're building an amazing content engine. Josefa lives uh, right there. So he built this wall. Yeah, He built that's this right. wall. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Trump couldn't. He did. That's right. And he's from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow.
0: And did you pay for it or no? No, we paid for
1: it. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> At the end of all of it, a Mexican did end up paying for it.
2: <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's a good one. Um, tell me like
0: the business angle here, like yep. take me through the strategy of, I mean, look, this is an incredible amount of fun. This is a great day. Well, like tell show me the vision here you know we're gonna have esports and weed and content and where does this all end up
1: yeah look I, that's a that's a great question i think the the biggest challenge at least we you see in the california market today is you know cannabis is quickly becoming a commodity i'm gonna interrupt because Please. i'm
2: king interrupt but through that process uh Dan, we're going back to how this relationship happened uh, because I want to give a very, very huge shout out to Max and his team at OpenS and you know the team at OpenNest because having done the research and knowing what it takes to launch a brand and to have weed of that quality, like it's one in a million, right? So for me to have the opportunity through their relationships uh, of of getting access to this sort of weed at a at a, at a place or in a price point that we can say, proudly that i'm you know that, that we are like leaving it we're like we don't want to bump up the 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 price point on that just because i have a big name in gaming right like we wanted to make sure that this was as easy and accessible to have this relationship with anyway uh they have a brand called union electric i'm wearing the hoodie today um but i loved everything about that brand like the the design the quality of the weed the pie fire um and i'm like you know what like there's no need to look at anyone else. Like it was a, it was a match made in heaven for me, hopefully for Max also, but it's been uh for me it's been a crazy easy ride and I know it hasn't been from a business side. So I want to thank Max for taking all those shots because he's-
0: Appreciate that though. Union Electric a name, a lot of folks listening to this are going to know. Why do you think that brand has been successful? Why do you think you're still here?
1: Yeah, you know, with Union Electric, it's getting a good quality product at a good price. I think, you know we as a studio um, have you know have a thesis we're building a diversified portfolio of brands so the first brand we launched was union electric it's really intended for the everyday consumer i think oh, we've seen just a lot of people try to move into cannabis and really get too cute too fast right they they target a a consumer segment that is really small they come out with a form factor that's like super novel and at the end of the day What's driving the, the core of this industry is people who buy and smoke weed every single day.
0: Yeah, what is it like? Eighty percent of the sales come from like twenty percent of the customers. Sure. Yeah, like it, I, it, I don't know if that's exact, but yeah, I, think, I you mean, it, yeah,
1: you, like it, it. And so for us, it was before we try to you know build a portfolio. Let's put a brand out that we know is going to really target and service the everyday consumer, mm-hmm. and. We've learned a lot through that process. And I think through that process, we also started to see opportunities that were a little bit more specific, adjacent to the core consumer, that we could then create a new brand that could be a, maybe you know, more targeted and have deeper relationships. In comes Pine Park, mm-hmm. right? So for us, it's all been about, you know A, really try to understand who the customer is, really try to uh, understand how the industry works, to not get over our skis, into um, into really methodically put out thoughtful brands that are you know relevant and viable today, but ultimately are built for a national cannabis economy. And what makes
0: a good brand? I mean, like that's something that this word is, like gets thrown around all over the place, right? Every MSO, every big investor wants to figure out like, how the fuck do I make a brand?
2: You yeah, know, I'll tell you on his brand on on Unity Electric what i think makes that brand that brand when i look at it when i look at the design when i look at the lettering that they used it reminds me of of uh not as an a, a negative connotation at all but it reminds me of, of of weed and hippie and and freedom and fun and just free so when i look at it it gives me like visually it, get, it gives me those those check boxes clicking like weed organic uh cool like even even their their art direction where what they post on social media i texted max i'm like the last thing that you guys posted where there's a ashtray on a windowsill and it's, it's barely cracked and there's like, like i'm like that to me is like everyone's experience Everyone smoked by the window and that's like real there's not set up it's not you know it was, it was organic so for me being true to culture as as Union electric is that's what makes that brand cool in my opinion
0: mm-hmm. Put me like in the landscape of where you are in terms of like top shelf, there's a mixed life option. Yeah. And like, there's more of a value play here, right? And like, yeah. we, could, we could look at folks like Old Pal or like folks that have been very, very successful with lower grade cannabis, if you will. Like talk about that decision and like the strategy there.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we, we have to remember that um, everything's changing on a lot of different levels all the time. So it's really hard to isolate sort of one particular thing. For example, you know, Pacstone has just done an amazing job really are, you know, yeah. dominating the, the value category. And I think when you ask Pacstone customers, and we, and we really want to understand the Pacstone customer, you know, it's just basically knowing you're going to get exactly the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for a lot of brands, there just hasn't been time to create some of those relationships with customers. And in some ways, Packstone is sort of like the baseline need in the sort of hierarchy of brand development as we sort of see it happening in California. Same thing all the time, always there, like has this sort of place on, in sort of the value chain. I think where Union Electric is, you know, can, can we get some really unique genetics within the value category? Can right. we work with some new interesting, you know, breeders and cultivators? What, can we add just a little bit more nuance and excitement when you're still buying that $20, $25 aid? Yep. I think that is sort of the, the customer that we're looking at. And, 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 and while also still being consistent, still having the types of SKUs at price points that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of this is changing at the same, at, at, you know, all at the same time you, you kind of put the flower flood in the mix too. And then, you know, with indoor brands starting to dump flour where, where Mixlight was. And so it really is branding really matters today. Um, because you know, just being indoor and having a label doesn't necessarily get you anything anymore mm-hmm. or being Mixlight doesn't just automatically sell you better than the outdoor. So it, the time is now for communities, storytellers, people who have a great relationship with customers to really be able to step up as the, you know, the whole industry really becomes more of a commodity. Um, so, you know, this, it's a really interesting time to be building brands. Um, and I think for us, it's about, you know, great partners, really understanding customers and, you know, operating as efficiently as possible. How does
0: that quality control process happen? Right? Like, yeah, for sure. Brand is about consistency. But if you're going to consistently have something that's a little different,
1: how does that work? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, we've worked with a number of different great, you know, farm partners. Um, and I think there's, there's just elements of continuing to talk to your customer and, and knowing, you know, having some staples, like sold a lot of fatso. Fatso is a very high potency strain. So good. it's garlic and gassy. There is a percentage of the cannabis consumers out there that, that just hits the spot. So like, you know, you have like wedding cake, right? Like these are things that you know that there's a certain consumer base, like loves these flavor, flavor profiles. So you do have to sort of work within a strategy for where the consumer's at. But then at the same time, how do you get something a little new and different? Mm-hmm. How do you start to like introduce you know, something that's really hot at sort of maybe the Alien Labs level, but like giving them access to it through like B-Buds. Got it, yeah.
0: It's like the same person is always gonna go see every Adam Sandler movie, you know? Yeah. (laughs)
1: Right? that's a that's a great insight i'm yeah. one of them <laughs> yeah
2: like dude i love it you
1: know i'd, I'd watch his great. basketball games if i was able to
0: <laughs> dude uh bucket list to play basketball with adam sandler i mean Pretty yeah bad.
2: because if i'm playing basketball with adam sandler i'm also playing with i don't mark Wahlberg and leonardo dicaprio and Shaq because that's the circles he runs in what a squad you just put together <laughs> yeah in your brain. Th- my Wait. brain just said that shit.
1: favorite adam sandler movie uh i don't care okay
2: Fifty First dates well, that's a good movie, though. Yeah, I know. That's why I, I said I don't care what you think, because um, <laughs> everybody's always like, "boo," and I'm like, "all right." Because I uh, happy. What was uh, not Happy, happy Gilmore? I mean, all of them. Man, they're all good. They're all great. Billy like, Madison. As soon as you ask me, yeah, Billy Madison's insane. Um, now I don't know. You uncut Gems. Me. I don't know. Uncut Gems. I don't f- know. I wouldn't even put that film. way up there. Oh, love film. the favorite film. movie. Yeah.
1: If you work in the cannabis industry, Uncut Gems is like yeah. it has a really. Just the the pace and the anxiety is is something you can really relate to. So it was kind of comforting to see someone kind of hit the spot. Someone else doing it. It was like, okay, I'm not alone. Um, (laughs) What's the
0: one with the little kid?
2: Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Uh, It's like the dad, right? Happy dad? No, it's not happy dad. It's it's big daddy. Big daddy. Daddy. I
0: think that's my favorite one.
2: Yeah, mine too. Now that you brought it up. Also
0: underrated is... um, Mr. Deeds. No, funny people. Funny people's good. Ooh, it's kind of heavy, but
2: yeah, it's heavy, but it also has uh, Seth Rogen in it, right? Which is obviously he can carry yeah. his own weight. So yeah, it's good.
0: None of that's gonna make the podcast. Just so you know. <laughs> okay. But uh, really, <laughs> that's, that's how that's, Hector's
1: made a living. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad, man. Yeah.
2: Um, we could do an
0: extended cut. Yeah, right? yeah. Just <laughs> if, whatever if you, you want. So all that brand building um, is not cheap. Tell me about the fundraising process. Where you are? Is this your money? Hex? Is this your money? Like, what what's going on here?
1: Yeah. So, so a great point. It's not definitely not cheap. Um, you know, one of the things that we've done in part of our strategies is working with organic growth, right? So, being able to start with a million YouTube subscribers, like, there's an MSO that would take them fifty million dollars. Of content creation and and they probably wouldn't even be halfway there to have that level of, of, of just reach so that in itself is sort of baked into what we're doing it's about you know resources and value that you have within your ecosystem as much as much as about cash yeah. so that that's a really critical starting point for anyone trying to operate in cannabis today because if it's just a cash issue for you you're probably going to lose because mm-hmm. there's going to be somebody with more cash yeah so you know, I think that's definitely a starting point. You know, for us, it's really about finding great strategic investors that can help us continue to build partnerships such as, such as Hex. You know, we've, we have, you know, investors, you know, that places to work at like CAA, that work in entertainment, that, you know, have really interesting networks um, into culture. And I think, Again, you know, you can that
0: into culture is a good phrase that makes that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Huge,
1: yeah. and and that, and that was really sort of our starting point um, as we put our first fundraising round together with Open Nest, and I think you know definitely would look, you know raising capital or and continuing to look for more opportunities for capital because there's just not enough in the industry as a mm-hmm. whole, but you know I think we are have been incredibly efficient at moving these brands into cultural relevance and for ultimately a national platform, you know, really at the openness level, it's starting with about 4 million bucks. So, you know, a, a really, I think a great accomplishment um, for our team. And then from there at the openness, we we create new C-Corps. So Union Electric is a separate company. We have investors directly in that, some strategic, we did a crowdfund with Union Electric. Mm-hmm. So, you know, part of, I think what's made that brand really cool is, you know, not just offering the, uh, core consumer, a great product, but offering them an opportunity to really participate in the industry, you know, put a hundred bucks into our company, really kind of like, you know, be engaged. Yeah,
0: tell me more about that process. I, I've thought about it with several different companies yeah. that I advise. What, what was your experience like? You know, I think
1: it, it's definitely, you know, having this is you know, an equity crowdfund. Yeah, equi- yeah, yeah. Equity, equity yeah, 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 crowdfund. Yeah, yeah. Um, we used Republic, yeah. um, you know, people can invest for as little as a hundred bucks, you know, we have over, you know, 600 retail investors. Um, we've got some larger checks through the process. Uh, I think it was a really cool exercise in differentiation, and we can continue to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's also you know it doesn't have to kind of be a one-time thing. And and for Union Electric, it was as much a marketing exercise that as a capital exercise. Mm-hmm. It's you know for sure for somebody who's you know buying pack stone at the frequency of a core consumer, which is probably about a quarter pound a month. Mm-hmm um, you know, you're looking at thousands of dollars a year. So like having a little equity in that company and brand is a unique opportunity if you're going to be smoking that weed for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, just, and
0: that allows you to really have a higher cost of acquisition, right. In terms of customer, like, sure. are you really seeing that, that you're acquiring people and then they're just with you? It's just, that's
1: it. Oh, through just in gen- uh, uh, like core consumer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like we, we have core consumers, you know, yeah, that's they all they buy now. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. all they buy. Um, and, and you know, at a very high volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and, that's really what, you know, we've designed our SKUs and our price points sort or of yeah, with man, that in I mind. Mean,
0: people that drink Tito's like they only drink Tito's, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like I have a handle of makers in my apartment and that will take me months to drink. Right. But like, that's what I'm drinking. You know, it's so funny how people like have their thing. And I think like, I take it for granted. Right. Cause like I hang out with cool weed people all the time. And so I have all different kinds of stuff, but I think a lot of people they find their thing and then they just like stay there. Right.
1: Yeah. I think there, there definitely is a lot of bargain hunters in the cannabis industry today. I think the, the industry has trained consumers or that consumers have trained the industry. One or the other, I'm not sure, but it definitely, you know, there you see these new like Jeter is a perfect example. Where where did Jeter come from? And then all of a sudden, it's Jeter, been like two years. And then all, and then Jeter is uh, like shout out
0: bespoke financial, huge partner of Jeter by the way, huge. Like, so yeah, you know, They borrow all kinds of money. They they, they the,
1: yeah. So obviously, incredibly aggressive approach, and they've done an amazing job getting that core consumer. The question is, is there somebody else that just comes in over the top with ten million dollars into the retail cannabis market hmm. in a couple of years and hmm. just you know, it's hard to know where there is sort of the brand loyalty and where there's a real pop or where there is like, you know, something that's really going to be continually sustained by customers over time. Um, I think loyalty
0: has to be measured in decades, right? Right, exactly. Um, And we're just not there yet, but I definitely think there are brands that have been able to gain attention in dispensaries. Yep. Part of that is they bought their way in, you know, they bought shelf space or, you know, the guy that owns the dispensary also is an investor in the brand, whatever, but like still, yep. you know, still they have persevered, they have stuck out. Now, whether those become really big companies or they get swept up, you know, in 18 months, I don't know, but they've found something, you know, yep. they've found something. Um, where does that leave us in terms of direct to consumer, right? There's like this whole weed things happening. Like, do I get delivery? And is that branded as Amuse, just to pick one yep. randomly or is Amuse fulfilling it? Or are you using ginger? Or like, you know, there's this whole like thing. Happen. How do you think about that world?
1: Uh, D2C is almost its own cycle within the California cannabis. It Cause I, wild. you know, we partnered with flower co early. Um, you know, we're, we're, Big fans of Ted and the team there. Yeah, um, me but, too.
0: I'm, a, I'm a Flower Co. like
1: yeah, almost exclusively. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah, maize, understand your consumer. And they, you know, they're like, let's do D2C. I think they quickly saw that individual brands today uh, do not have the marketing firepower to acquire customers digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, a, a brand cannot compete with a Muse for a customer acquisition yep. and that's ultimately what you're expecting the brand to do. Yep. And that's not possible.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's really well said. There's a lot of people that would argue differently and are spending a lot
1: of money to figure that out. And so we, 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 we do, we work with Grassdoor. we yep. run direct to consumer. Yep. Um, we want that to be available for the customers. Yep. Um, but I think, you know, for example, with pine park, we just did an exclusive strain, strain launch with, with, the parent company, yeah, and part of that is, you know, they have a massive email database. Sure. They have you know it's not just Hex's community that we need to count on. It's also no core offense, consumer I'm sure your
0: community is it, oh, yeah, it's,
1: quite it's strong, great, but, yeah, yeah. but it's it's not you know, the size of a database of a kaliva, yeah you know it, it is massive. Sure. And I think you know, understanding what everyone's sort of role and core competency in this evolution is critical. So for Pine Park, it's really to be a community builder and a, and a brand customer acquisition tool for a lot of these other platforms who really need to compete with each other for customer acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as it makes sense for us to just try to drive customers just to our D2C and alienate those groups.
0: Yep. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about
2: video games for a second. Sure.
0: Um, it's a world I like a lot. We were talking, I play a lot of COD. Not like
2: you play COD, yeah.
0: but I play a lot of COD. But like, okay, but not so.
2: about that big of a difference. Like, the, I, I watch professionals play Call of Duty, and it's not what I play. And I consider myself very good. Yeah, you know, there's yeah, a, yeah. there's a massive difference. Yeah, like all you would think that they were cheating. Like it is that nuts. Like, do you have to use a keyboard and a mouse? Is that how no. you get better? No, no. I mean uh, it's easier to use. I know. I just got some people mad. Um, I won't do it. I like the controller. Yeah, I use I use the yeah. controller yeah. exclusively. Yeah. Right now, PlayStation because it's what I'm, we've been playing for the last four. years. I prefer the Xbox controller. I like Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty is the best one for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's the the Call of Duty thing is like the the skill level is there's a massive gap. So in
0: esports, there are ridiculous sponsorships happening oh, yeah. for millions and millions and millions of dollars. Things that dwarf the weed million. industry. You know, they just dwarf what we're doing in the yeah, weed industry. Yeah. What needs to happen? For that to even out, right? Because it's not like people love video games so much more than they love weed, right? Like that's I mean,
2: not—it's possible, right? But mm. I, for 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 me, it, you know, the, the 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 cannabis industry is interesting because we don't know, right? Like, could I, in theory, right? Like Pine Park, we have a podcast. Could that podcast be sponsored by a flower company or a? You know a a dispensary as as it is in some cases like yeah and where else do you see that right like where else do you see people sort of like promoting on a brand that also sells a product Mm -hmm. right like there's it's, it's a weird marriage and that to me is interesting because It's still so young in the industry. And for anyone that's listening who has ever had aspirations about creating content, like the cannabis content industry, like there's people setting the standard right now already, which means that there are thousands and thousands of opportunities for new people to come up from under them.
0: Dude, we're setting the standard
1: right now. Yeah. Yeah,
2: this very moment, I think. No. Yeah, well, yeah, so I, I think un- you've right.
1: been doing this a long time. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, so grind yeah,
2: it. that's yeah, grats. I mean, I know what it takes to do a podcast, I know what it takes to upload videos daily. So, dude, I the wish fact I that you've been say, doing it for so long. Is honestly, I wish
0: I could say that I like really grind really hard at it. It's my favorite thing to do in yeah. the world, and you can see why. Yeah, like, what we're doing today. Maybe. Yeah, so like, um, dude, everybody, I, I, everybody I, else have, I know is like
2: on a computer right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> I have, I have. <laughs> I have businesses in (laughs) gaming, which is one of my favorite things to do. Yes. In fishing, which is one of my favorite things to do. what kind of fishing? Bass fishing. Bass fishing. Uh, Guggen Squad. Uh, I advise, you know, early on, uh, the boys did an incredible job in building that brand to a new fishing standard. is is the best-selling bait, soft baits company in the U.S., guaranteed. Because of YouTubers that people were watching on a daily basis who had this relationship with them, if you know somebody for five years and you know what they do on a daily basis for five years, you're going to trust them when they tell you, yo, this is good. Because for five years, they've, you've known them, so they're not a scumbag. Like You see, you see their, their, their persona and who they are, and you relate or you don't relate. Mm-hmm. But when you do, and there's a massive uh, fan base as it was with the Googans, like they understood. They are just people exactly like me who recorded themselves doing exactly what I do, and when they got a sponsorship declined... They say, why don't we do it on our own? And there's nothing more beautiful than that. Creating your own shit, that's super cool. Uh, how's how's the camp driver? It's delicious. Is this that this one or the one I just the, the, the one that you sparked? It was the,
0: amazing. I smoked almost all of it. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't maybe eighty percent. It was yeah. delicious, man. It's
2: my, it's my favorite one. Okay, why? Uh, it's it's it tastes like it. It has hints of what we tasted like in the '90s for me. Okay, I I, I like went Wu Tang. Yeah, I love Wu Tang. Can name every member. Can I mean I can't sing out of the top of my head like every song unless it's playing. Um, but yeah, um, we don't want you to do that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Look at this voice. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I, I. It was a 1997 thing. I mean, I grew up in in what is, in my opinion, the best era ever: the 90, 90s basketball, 90s apparel, 90s hip hop, 90s rock, 90s. I mean, you name it. It was the illest time to, to grow up and at least you grew up in the 80s which is like the real birth of culture I think that yeah I have a good argument to say that the 90s were fucking bomb I heard that the summer of 69 was pretty rad though
0: yeah
1: yeah do you watch a lot of history and I like, love history shit I, I mean, just smoke I mean,
0: weed and watch documentaries watch a yeah. huge amount of documentaries Yeah,
1: yeah. really you know th- there's definitely such nostalgia for a time which we were not interconnected yeah and uh-huh. I think there's gonna be Incredible, you know, technology and services that allow people to go back to yeah. a yeah. opportunity like that. Well, well
0: there's a, such a lack of
2: spontaneity,
0: exactly, in life now. Actually, it was wonderful when technology. I walked in here because I was like, "Oh, sweet, this is going to be fun," you know. Yeah. yeah. If you
2: think of it from, from a technology perspective, like if the wine industry would have had the same opportunity that cannabis does right now, where people who just love wine get to review wine, and you have that lineage from the early wine tasting culture to what it is today, you'd have I, a bigger cultural movement there than what you have now. And it's massive already. Mm-hmm. But if people had the chance to be like, oh, like I can really learn to appreciate it at a deeper level, like you can with cannabis. I think that, that that's another thing. And that's our opportunity to document this. I mean, the strains, if we had, you know, a podcast of what, you know, the early growers and how everything happened from their mouths in that era with those thoughts from that, from the knowledge from just that particular era, like everybody would watch that shit. Mm -hmm. 100%. I have
0: some episodes with some really old ass growers, like like Ed Rosenthal. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Legend. Yeah. Like legend old, you know, like uh, Debbie Goldsberry, who's like a
2: Oakland legend. Anyway. Yeah. I Uh, I think like uh, opportunities like that, like you should re-release those, you know, because they. I been, should. You're right. Yeah, like every, once a week, a throwback, throwback Thursday. I've been two. told that. I've yeah. been told that. You're right. Yeah, um, so yeah. bring it back, man. Like I those know. conversations matter.
0: That's a, that's good advice. That's good advice. Listen,
2: I've only been doing YouTube content for 15 years. Yeah. I, I've only thought about content and only content for 15 years. So. Yeah. Like just a thought.
0: Hmm. Um. What's next? You got another brand in the in the pipeline. You call it a venture studio, which is a very cool phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a fancy phrase. It is a fancy phrase, but I get, I mean, a, I you get it. You do a
1: lot of shit. Uh-huh. Uh, we have uh, a really exciting uh, consumer-facing festival um, that we're launching okay. um, that will uh, be the first to compliantly sell cannabis and alcohol side by side. Looking to launch that in the fall. Wow um Where? So, uh can't can't say okay. I, I depend on the location uh now but yeah. uh a, a lot of great partners um on that and how I, b- how
0: big of a thing are you
1: multi day you know th- yeah 1000 you know uh music um esports gaming cannabis uh you know there's a you know particular web 2.0 uh right. so really excited you know i think one of the things that we're really seeing with with pine park just as a community incubation process is this cannabis gaming web web 3.0 community is it's just very very interconnected Mm -hmm. this the same person that is dropping the first nft is you know doing good morning posts with their bomb yeah so it's all just about creating the experiences and brands that these things can like actually coalesce. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think experiences are, is a huge opportunity. It hasn't really been, you know, grasslands has been sort of an early incubation, but it's been sort of separate Mm -hmm. festival. Um, and if you think about the amount of weed that has been smoked at music festivals over the last decade and the amount that has been sold legally, uh, there's a big gap there. Mm -hmm. So, I think no, it's a tremendous opportunity, and, and, yeah. and that's where money is made for brands. I mean, you mm-hmm. buy the thirteen-dollar beer at at the stadium, right. so you know it, it really then allows for different you know revenue streams, different experiences, brand building. So, w- as a venture studio, we're looking at the industry very holistically. We're looking at like what is not going to just be a great new package to put out, but also what could help our brands really thrive and be successful mm-hmm. and ultimately be pretty opportunistic yep. based on our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big thing and, and, and Trailblazer. So, you know, that was, that was something that we, um, you know, executive community that we've been working on was really the first thing we did at OpenNest. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, it's really allowed us to meet everyone. Uh, you know, most MSOs are, are sponsoring our events and wanting to you know having opportunities to to speak and, mm-hmm. and really be in front of the community and what that really allows us to do is is you know really be able to know who's who who the players are be able to be really efficient in terms of who we do partnerships with mm-hmm. um and it's been an incredible catalyst for a lot of our business yeah, development
0: no, honestly trailblazer has been on my list for a long time i'm,
1: I'm well overdue yeah we'll get um, you there's there's three this year So i,
0: I listened to a few of the um Emily Paxia and uh, Cy Scott ones that they did yep. out there. So yeah, sounds awesome. like good times, sounds like good times. Uh, yep. um, shout out Emily and Cy to Yeah, why not? Oh, shout out to oh, Emily. Oh geez. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you've,
1: you've pretty, yeah, you got yeah, some great interviews with yeah, them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dude, I did Cy like on the dock in the original uh, headset office. Like nice. six people there. I don't know, I think
2: they knew what the fuck they were doing, but <laughs> it was a good day. Amazing. Um, beautiful things come from situations like that. Uh,